The Selfish Path to Romance. Download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com and at amazon.com. Maybe I'm not made to dance. <sighs> Kathleen, you like dancing. Then you were made to dance. I want to dance more than anything. It's just, I know I suck. <sighs> my mom and dad paid so much for my lessons. But there is the problem. You need to dance for yourself, not for anybody else. One of the questions that many of us don't ask ourselves is, how do I motivate myself? How do I motivate myself? And we'll use the example of sports because I have a sports psychologist with me. How do I motivate myself, whether it's in sports or life in general? Am I a good coach to myself? And with me today is Dr. Judy Van Ralt. She's a psychology professor at Springfield College in Massachusetts, and she has worked with youth sports athletes and elite and professional athletes in the United States and around the world. She has written four books and presented at conferences in 11 countries. She is a certified consultant and she is listed on the United States Olympic Committee Sports Psychology Registry. Welcome, Judy. It's a pleasure to be here. Tell us a little bit about sports psychology in terms of motivation. A lot of people are motivated to do things. So most of the time, motivation isn't a big problem. But every now and then, things just get hard. And so getting motivated to exercise, that can be a really tough one. And to do the right thing can just slow us down. Sports psychologists work with teams and athletes to help them get back on track. But people don't like to feel vulnerable. They don't like to open up to people and to tell them what the problem is. And they try to keep this macho front, women and men. And so you don't get a feeling of, you never get to the problem of what their motivational problem is. Yeah, it's it's true that we sort of have a society where you tough it out. If it's hard, you do it, you do it anyway. And we're also busy. So there are sometimes we don't have time to think about how to get ourselves motivated. But um, there are a number of great things we can do and to motivate ourselves. And one of them is just to think about what really motivates us. So if you're a person who wants to exercise more and you find that going to the gym, you just don't have time in your day, you might be a person who parks your car in one location and walks or jogs to Starbucks has that cup of coffee and then jogs back, and that's your exercise. Some people walk to work, and I guess it depends on what you need to wear at work and if there's a shower available, (laughs) but that could be a possibility. And there are other kinds of rewards. Uh, Growing up, I had a world-famous soccer player, Christine Lilly, who lived in my town. I wasn't a soccer player, but my sister played soccer with her, and Christine Lilly's grandmother gave her five dollars for every goal that she scored as a kid that's Mm -hmm. external motivation and she should have more motivation than just five bucks from grandma but christine Lilly grew up to be one of the best soccer players in the world um internationally known most soccer games of any woman soccer player and christine tells us that when she scored a world cup goal even though she's made lots 
of money playing soccer. Yeah. She still called Grandma and asked for the five for five dollars. That's so great. So I guess I would say a wide variety of um, types of motivation, internal motivation. It's good for you. You'll feel good when it's done. Hard, you can accomplish things. That's great. And some external things can work too. Okay, but the external things always get translated internally. And I know that my parents gave me. Um, I wanted to go with the chorus to Italy, and they told me that if I got straight A's, they would give me the $100 needed to go to Italy. And that was a very good motivation. I ended up getting the straight A's. There was a downside. I was getting the A's, but not passionate about the topic, the subjects. So in that case, it didn't work completely, but I fixed that going forward. I was able to motivate myself and to coach myself to say, uh, that going forward, if I'm going to give myself something, or when I had my kids, if we're go- if I'm going to give them a five dollar reward, I'll use that as just an example. It will be a celebration. It won't be out of duty or guilt, or they have to. It will be just a celebration of their accomplishment, a way to celebrate it, and that worked well. So what you say to yourself really matters. There's some pretty good research showing if you reward people for what they already like to do, then they start to think they're only doing it for the reward. So your insight is excellent. After all, what do you think Tiger Woods does on his day off? What is we know Michael Jordan might be playing when back in the day when he was playing basketball that he might play golf on his day off. But we can guess Tiger Woods isn't playing golf on his day off. He's doing something else make millions doing something, and it stops being as much fun. So that's true for schoolwork, too. Make $100 and go to Italy for $100. You're dating yourself a little there. Yeah, uh, I know. Then, <laughs> then um, studying in school when you don't get $100 may be less, value, may be less important to you. So right. getting a reward for a job well done may be an excellent way to help with motivation, but also to help people internalize that motivation so they can keep up the hard work and get through school. Yeah, that's why I always like the term celebration. Let's go out and celebrate. You know, you got a good report card, and it's not I'll give you this for each A. you got a fabulous report card. How would you like to celebrate, honey? You know, I'd like to go out to eat. And it, it, Go ahead. That's the kind of internal, that's a way to both reward and allow internalization of what's going on. So, right. um, excellent strategy. Right, right. And how do people deal with failures? I know we're talking about rewarding uh, success, but dealing with failures. Hey, I got to interrupt this because we've got to pay some bills. 30 seconds, that's it. A very quick ad, and then Alan will be back. Romance. Oh. I wish guys knew more about what we want from a relationship. (laughs) Boy, I wish I knew more about what I want. Where's that ad I saw? Ah, here it is. The Selfish Path to Romance. A serious romance guidebook. Download Chapter 1 for free at SelfishRomance.com and buy it at Amazon.com. Hmm, The Selfish Path to Romance. That is interesting. How do people deal with failures? I know we're talking about rewarding uh, success, but dealing with failures. Yes, failure is something we see a lot of in sport. In, in some sports, only one person wins. So if we think of tennis championships, there's one loser 
uh, one winner and everyone else is a loser in that event. And that's true in a lot of um, racing events as well. So uh, for people who take a loss as a personal failure and demonstrating that they're not good at anything and that they'll never be the best, um, it can be pretty disconcerting. And they're the ones that tend to drop out of sport but also give up on school and give up on jobs. People who take a failure as a setback or a learning experience or a disappointment but turn to something else that they can work out and enjoy, they're the ones who have much better experiences in that sport or activity but also much happier lives. So understanding that we all lose sometimes and what caused us to lose and what can we do better next time or differently, that's a great way to approach a difficult outcome. Okay, so I'm, what I'm hearing is in psychology, we call them core premises, core ideas about yourself and others in the world. And if you are saying, I'm a failure, others think others are laughing at me, the world is not open to my achieving values, and I can't achieve anything in the future because I lost this game. Those are very bad core ideas. Whereas if you say, you know, I'm a good person, and I just need to strategize a little differently, and other people, some people will make fun of you, what are you going to do? And other people are going to be good coaches, those are the people I want, and my future is open to me. Those are much better that's a much better approach to um, to being involved in not only sports, but anything in life. Thank you so much, Judy. This is Dr. Judy Van Ralt, a sports psychologist. And what is your website so people could uh, contact you if they would like to? If they want to get in touch, they can reach me at info at vbvideo, that's V for virtual, B for brands, vbvideo.com. And thank you so much for joining us today, Judy, and uh, it's wonderful to talk to a sports psychologist. Thank you so much. For more Dr. Kenner podcasts, go to drkenner.com and please listen to this ad. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance by clinical psychologist Dr. Ellen Kenner. Here are a few assertiveness tips that may help you express yourself more effectively. One, ask your partner to verify that he or she has heard what you said. This will avoid misunderstandings. For example, ask in a genuine tone of caring, have I expressed myself clearly? Two, if you did something wrong, be honest about your mistakes. When you own up to the truth, you do not engage in endless battles, starting with, I'm sorry, but... The butts may put your partner back on the attack again, and they do not work toward resolving the conflict. Furthermore, when you are honest, your partner has more respect for you. Admitting mistakes is not a sign of weakness, but of moral integrity. This strengthens your self-esteem. You can download Chapter 1 for free by going to drkenner.com, and you can buy the book at amazon.com.